Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's $10 off your first order if you go to BuiltBar.com. What is up, everyone? Welcome in to Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. The MLB draft is going to be taking place on Wednesday. The Tigers' choices for the number one overall pick are seemingly down to probably two options. I'll talk about both those guys in the second segment. First segment, uh, I guess I'm just going to vent. Um, you know, there would have been a time in which this probably would have been, I don't know, five minutes of me screaming. Uh, maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe I've just calmed down a bit. Maybe I just don't have the energy I used to. But uh, there's a lot of frustrations revolving how I feel about this entire process, about this entire sport right now. And I'm not in a good mood today. And you and you guys know me. Look, warts and all, I come on here every podcast and give my honest opinion. I don't put on a facade. I don't fake it. Maybe I should. Maybe that's why I'm here and other people are doing this professionally. Maybe I should fake it, but I can't. If you miss ranting, if you miss mentally ill Chris, the guy who, you know, quote unquote blew up on Twitter and ended up burning a million bridges in the process, you're going to get him today. Okay, he's back. Yeah, I said on Friday we'd know by Monday if we were going to have baseball this year. That was a dumb statement. It was a dumb statement by a dumb person because I, I completely forgot that the negotiations between the players and the owners are, are being done via telegram, apparently. Let me tell you something, man. A Major League Baseball is the Goldman Sachs of professional sports. Greedy, corrupt, incompetent, blithering fools blithering fools. The last two months of negotiations should have taken about 10 days. But this sport's ability to move at a pace that is so incredibly slow that it makes it makes my 98-year-old grandmother look like Usain Bolt by comparison is borderline inspiring. What are they doing? Why does it take five days to respond to a statement? What is possibly taking them so long? And I understand that there's a lot to map out here. I get that. I sympathize with that. I think I've been pretty patient here. But you also need to understand that Major League Baseball and everyone and their mothers has known probably since early April, maybe even late March, but I'll give them some leeway here and say early April, that there was going to be serious changes to baseball in 2020. The season we all hoped for wasn't going to happen. I understand that. But guys, it's June 8th. It's June 8th. The NHL is coming back. The NBA is coming back. Yet we're almost halfway through June and no one in baseball knows what's going on. That's the frustrating part because I'll read tweets that say, looks like no baseball this year from verified accounts. And five minutes later, I'll read from another verified account. Owners are still confident that there will be baseball this year. What? Baseball is so terrible at that. They're so bad at communicating. Every day, there should be someone communicating to us what the issues are, how close or how far away we are to having a season, and what needs to happen in order to ensure that we have one. But they don't. They fart out a statement every two weeks, and then they go hide. I can't believe I'm saying this, but say what you will about how our government handled the pandemic, but every day following the nationwide quarantine, Trump and Fauci and Pence 
were fielding questions and talking about what the next step was. Now, now what they said, you can argue forever about whether or not it was nonsense. This isn't a political podcast, but you can't deny that they were at least there. Every day, Rob Manfred should be putting out a statement. Every day, him and the owners should be on a Zoom call answering questions from the press. Because at the very least, that would show a little bit of leadership. It would show that the effort is still being put forth to try to play a season this year. But they aren't even negotiating anymore. This whole process has been meeting, no deal. All right, boys, we uh, we still don't have a season. Let's call it a day and we'll be back here in a week. No, every day you should be trying to figure this thing out. You should be banging your heads together from sunrise to sundown until you have a season. They should have done this a month ago and they might actually have it figured out. But maybe they just don't care. And in that case, I'd actually prefer they just come out and say that. I mean, I'd hate them for it, but I'd at least respect them. Because what's happening right now makes no sense. The pace in which this has moved is is insulting. And and by the way, to Major League Baseball, this is why everyone hates you. Other sports show a clear understanding of the situation and a clear acknowledgement of how important this stuff is to the fans and to the owners and to the players. Uh, other sports and the commissioners and, and owners of other sports are at least transparent. They connect. They communicate MLB does nothing of the sort. There's a serious disconnect there. They aren't transparent at all. They don't connect with the fans. They isolate their fans. I mean, think about it. The last time there was a season-long buzz surrounding Major League Baseball was 1998 because everyone was juicing and breaking records. You'll have moments where outsiders, you know, connect with the sport. The Red Sox in 2004, the Cubs in 2016. Besides that, it's been a dying sport for years now. It doesn't mean I don't love it. I'll always love it, at least as long as they play. But even someone who loves it as much as I do can acknowledge it's dying. And it's because the commissioner's office is showing a complete misunderstanding of what makes the game special and what does and doesn't work. They think limiting the amount of relief pitchers you use is going to save the game. It's not going to. And and these owners, they're they're just terrible. You look at other sports, you look at the NBA, you look at somebody like Mark Cuban. That dude loves basketball. He loves the Mavericks. He cares about the actual experience. Uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. All jokes aside, and they're easy to make with him and that organization, dude loves football. He loves New England. And yeah, all those guys, I'm sure, would 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 sacrifice somebody you know, to, to avoid missing a paycheck. But I, I guarantee... The other sports in a similar position to what baseball is in right now would have figured something out by now. For some reason, baseball seems to have a large number of apathetic owners. And there's exceptions, you know, the Ricketts for the Cubs, John Henry for the Red Sox. But it seems like for the most part, owning a baseball team is just a point of pride for billionaires. It's a way to pad your resume. There's a reason why half the league is tanking. Because as an owner, it's a lot easier to count your money while you run a losing team than it is to to count it while you're building up a winning one. Because a champion takes time and effort and ingenuity. It's a collaborative process. And these guys clearly don't care enough to even play a season this year, so what makes you think they're going to care about building a champion? And it's led to this now, a sport on the verge of collapsing in on itself due due to the incompetence and the greed of its owners and its commissioner. That's where we stand, folks. And if you think I'm out of line for being angry, have at it.
Christ. And while you're at it, listen to somebody else. Go away. This isn't fun right now. There's nothing fun about doing a baseball podcast when there's no baseball. You know, you wouldn't hire a chef only to tell him he's not allowed to make a meal for three and a half months. You know, I, this has been excruciating and I'm so, I'm so, God, I'm so mad at at how long this process is taking and it keeps, the number keeps dwindling down. Have you guys noticed that when this, when they originally announced the delay, it was like, well, we, we can, we will be able to play 162. Okay. Well, you know, maybe it'll be 120. Okay. Well, maybe it'll be a hundred game season. Oh, maybe 82 now 50. They've already blown their their opportunity here. They've already blown the opportunity for good press and goodwill and having eyes on the sport of baseball, having baseball be the front of the, of the sporting world for the first time in decades. They've already blown that. They've already killed that. They have gone out of their way to make sure that that doesn't happen. This is the only sport in the world that intentionally goes out of their way to make sure the fewest number of people watch it. You know, sport sport plays playoff games at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, and they wonder what, why why ratings are down, why people aren't interested. It's a sport of idiots, that's why. And I love it. I do. But the marketing aspect of Major League Baseball, the ownership aspect of Major League Baseball, the, 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 the commissioner of Major League Baseball, they've shown their true colors through this whole process. It's embarrassing. And I, as a fan of the sport, I view it as a complete slap in the face to be completely honest with you. I, I truly wish someone cared as much as the fans do. I really do. And you you want to believe as a fan that when push comes to shove, the owners of your favorite teams will find a way to figure things out, that they actually do care about the sport and they care about the team they own. They don't. It's 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 just a way of, of, of patting themselves on the back. Hey, I own a baseball team. How about that? These guys couldn't care less if there's a baseball season this year. And that is, man, it's really heartbreaking. So that's going to be the end of segment one. I probably ran a little bit long. Whatever, I don't care. Uh, We'll be back here in segment two to talk about who in the world the Tigers are going to take with the number one overall draft pick. See you in a second. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. It says so on the packaging. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. I had my very first one just the other day, the peanut butter brownie one. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, which have a little bit of crunch to them, these, they really do melt in your mouth. And Built Bars are healthy too. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Look at uh, something like the peanut butter brownie, the one I just talked about. That's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams net carbs. You can try them today, but we have a special offer as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Mima Remedies is a CBD company providing full-spectrum CBD hemp oil and flour. The company is owned by Michigan State alums and Southwest Michigan residents, featuring only two ingredients, 
along with USDA-certified organic MCT oil derived from coconuts, CO2 extracted full-spectrum CBD from hemp, organically grown in Oregon, where MIMA founder Brandon Denler got his start in the industry working with other Michigan State alums. To celebrate MIMA's first season growing their hemp in Michigan, we are giving Locked On listeners 25% off at MIMAremedies.com. Full spectrum extract retains terrapines and flavor of hemp flower, no additives or flavoring. All products third-party lab tested, always below 0.3% THC. Find MIMA on Instagram at MIMA Remedies, Facebook and at MIMAremedies.com. And if you go to MIMA Remedies, use the promo code LOCKED ON for 25% off your offer. That's LOCKED ON for 25% off of your offer. If you're looking for high quality CBD products from a brand you can trust, MIMA is a match made in Michigan. And we're back. So, like I said, the Tigers have the number one overall draft pick coming up on Wednesday's draft. You know, I'm not a big draft guy in any sport. I'm just not. I find the whole process very tedious, and I know a lot of people, they like to do complete mock drafts for all 40 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft or all seven rounds of the NFL draft. I That's something I just can't get into, and hey, it's cool to have a hobby, not begrudging those people for, for enjoying that stuff, but it just it doesn't do a ton for me, but the Tigers do have the number one overall pick, and it, it comes down to two players, it seems. Now, they could screw it up and pick somebody else, but I think it's kind of down to two. The first one being Austin Martin out of Vanderbilt University, which has become in the last decade or so, probably even more, probably the last 15 years, um, maybe the premier powerhouse in college baseball. I mean, they've just been incredibly consistent with Sonny Gray and uh, David Price and Dansby Swanson, J.J. Blade, who went fourth overall in last year's draft. I mean, they've been a real powerhouse. You have Austin Martin, third baseman and outfielder. I'll read off part of his scouting report here on MLB.com. The best pure hitter in the 2020 draft, Martin has tremendous feel for the barrel and makes consistent hard contact with a short quick right-handed stroke. He's not overly physical and may not have more than average raw power, but his hitting ability allows him to tap into every bit of it. He controls the strike zone extremely well and uses the entire field, exhibiting no weaknesses at the plate. Martin possesses solid speed and the instincts to play faster than that on the bases. A twitchy athlete, he has the quick feet, soft hands, and enough arm to handle almost any position, though there are some concerns about his throwing. Scouts were hoping to see him at shortstop in 2020, but he instead opened the season at third base before moving to center field, where he could be a solid defender, and there's some thought he could wind up at second base. So those are the reads for Austin Martin. Then there's the other prospect, the likely, fingers crossed, number one overall pick, Spencer Torkelson out of Arizona State University, a first baseman. As a right-handed first baseman who can really hit and who wasn't drafted out of high school, Torkelson draws invariable comparisons to Andrew Vaughn, the Cal standout who was the number three overall pick in the 2019 draft. He controls at-bats extremely well and draws a ton of walks. He's able to drive the ball from foul pole to foul pole, and he uses the middle of the field when he's at his best. He's able to hit the ball out to all fields with tremendous loft power to his pull side. He doesn't sell out for that power, but gets to it 
with ease. Defensively, he's worked hard to improve at first and is very comfortable there. He's taken some ground balls at third and played some left field where he's adequate, but it will really be his bat that has him in the conversation about the first few picks in June. So there's a scouting report for both those guys. Uh, Take Torkelson. I've been feeling that way for months. It's remained unchanged. Spencer Torkelson is the best-looking prospect in this draft, and this is not like the NFL draft or the NBA draft where you take a guy who is going to come in right away and fill his role. You don't pick based on the needs of the major league team. You take the best player available because major league rosters and even minor league rosters are are ever-changing. You take the guy who has the highest upside, and that's Spencer Torkelson, period. People have said that he's the best hitting prospect in the draft since Mark Teixeira 20 years ago. It's obviously extremely high praise. You would love to see Spencer Torkelson grow into a player of Mark Teixeira's caliber, you know, a perennial all-star. Now, look, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they draft Torkelson and Austin Martin or Asa Lacey or, or Emerson Hancock or Nick Gonzalez ends up becoming the best player out of this draft. That happens all the time. You know, it's pretty rare that the number one overall pick ends up being the best major league player. But that's, that's what happens. You roll the dice when you have the number one overall pick or when you make a pick in the MLB draft. Your goal as a GM or as an owner, as anybody in the front office, a scout, your goal is to take the best player available on the draft board, period. And the Tigers have had months to think of this. And the best player on the draft board coming into this draft is Spencer Torkelson. I am not alone there. If you think that my opinion is asinine, fine. Read up on any other Major League Baseball scout or writer. They will tell you the same thing. It is it is almost unanimous that people are saying that Spencer Torkelson is the best player in this draft, and for this reason, the Tigers should take him. Would I be upset if they took Austin Martin? No, but if he turns out to be below average... It will be a blight on this organization because everyone says Spencer Torkelson is the best player in this draft. Because of that, if they take him and he turns out to be terrible or doesn't develop, that's not on the Tigers. That is on Spencer Torkelson. To me, if you don't take the best player on the draft board with the number one overall pick, you run the risk of seriously looking back and regretting it. And I think with Torkelson, you have a lower chance of regret. You never know what he's going to develop into. I, I, I have an idea. I, I think he's going to be a legitimately good Major League player. I, I've seen him play both in highlight reels. I've seen him play on TV. I watched Arizona State a little bit this year. Incredibly impressive. Was a, was a man playing against a bunch of boys. Really impressive athlete. Impressive guy. I think he's going to add a lot to this organization. Just take him. You've been planning this for, for months. Don't overthink it. Take the best player available. For the love of God, for one time in your pathetic life, don't screw this up. Take Torkelson. All right. I know that's probably not a ton of analysis, but I, 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 I keep it very simple with this. I think people overthink this stuff sometimes. If a guy is the best player available and everyone says he's the best player available, you take him, period. Now watch, I'll come back here on, on Wednesday and they'll take Austin Martin and I'll be all upset. Fine, whatever. We'll, t- we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, obviously not the most joyful of shows. Whatever, that's fine. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. If and when I do mailbag segments again, which I, I do every Friday, you can send those to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show, it would be much, 
Much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in and putting up with me today. I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Go Tigers.